talking about this evening is we're looking at protein mainly. So you will notice from the February plan post that I put out at the beginning of the month to say what we're going to be doing and when we're going to be doing it. Thursday sessions are themed sessions, right? And what I want to do is because there are four, usually Thursdays in a month, I want to do one for each of the four areas of coaching in the adventure coach. We're getting busier in the adventure coach now, which is phenomenal. And I, it, it, it makes me over the moon to see so many people doing what they know they want to do, progressing, thriving, and having a great time in this community. So it's absolutely phenomenal. And I want to keep giving more quality to you, which means making these calls easier, making them more structured, and making sure that you can get the absolute maximum out of it. So what that means is we're going to do one themed nutrition, fitness, mindset, and adventure. And on the adventure ones, I'd like to get guest speakers in as and when we can as well. There's some really, really interesting people in the world and they're going to inspire you, lift you up, and then give you a little bit of a different perspective on the adventure side of life. So um, I'm really, really excited for that. There are going to be certain times where I might invite, again, you do not have to, but I might try and invite, um, if you're keen for it, one of yourselves onto a live. We can split the camera. I can get you to join on. And we'll just talk through what your journey has been as well so that other people can get a little bit more depth as to you know what people have gone through, how they've developed, and and how this program has helped them and what you can get out of it. Because I think that'd be a really, really useful thing. Um, and it helps to then share where people are going, what people are doing, how they're, getting, how they're getting on, where they started. Because quite clearly, we have people all over the place from one end of the path to the other end of the path for where they're starting on their adventure journey. The beautiful thing is what links all of you folks together is a simple sense of adventure. You know, it's it's... It's wanting to do something more. That's the niche. It's knowing that you want to do something more about it and then actioning that and getting it done. So I'm immensely, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm immensely uh, grateful for every single one of you here. It's absolutely phenomenal and it's a wonderful, wonderful community. So this evening, what we're going to be talking about, protein gains. Uh, because I've had a couple of questions really about protein. Now I want to just, I just want to bottom out a couple of things because you'll hear me bang the protein drum over and over and over again and quite frankly I want to make sure that we're set we're ready and we understand what we're trying to talk about when we're saying about protein and about what it what it all means and and, and how it all adds up so I'm just sorry excuse me just opening up some questions so protein protein is one of our macronutrients macronutrients being protein carbohydrates, fats, right? A lot of this will be covering what we already know for some people and for other people, some of this may be new. Now, when we look at our macronutrients, what we're looking at is just basically three different areas of what makes up the food that we eat. Now, when we look at protein, we, we specifically look at protein because look, if people wanna lose weight, if people wanna gain fitness and strength and lean muscle mass, then protein is the most important of these three macronutrients because that's the gateway to satiety, to muscle regrowth, to immune function, to brain function, to muscular growth as well. So what we need to make sure we're doing is getting enough. But the thing is, what's enough? Well, when we look at government guidelines, for example, on protein, the government guidelines are so low. And as I've said to a couple of people here now through various calls, when we look at government guidelines, we need to understand government guidelines are designed to get the mass population of what are we, 70 million people? One step above deficiency. Same with RDAs, recommended daily allowances, reference nutrient intakes for vitamins and minerals and things like that. That's why you might see my recommendation for vitamin D being 
over uh, nearly five times, in fact, five times more, exactly five times more, than the recommended daily allowance. Well, why is that? It's not because I'm picking up numbers out of thin air and just making them up. It's because we need to look at research, peer-reviewed, reliable research, and then understand how that applies to us. Because the thing is, you didn't wake up in the morning and go, hey, I want to be one step above deficiency. No, you woke up this morning and you probably thought, what can I do to reach optimal health? If you didn't exactly think those words in the morning, why didn't you? If you didn't exactly think those words in the morning, then that's probably what we're trying to achieve here in the Adventure Coach. If it isn't, then maybe we need to have a conversation about that. Because look, when we are on, when we are trying to make sure that we get enough protein, when we look at the research, well, actually the research is much, much higher. Because again, we're not trying to reach one step of deficiency, we're trying to reach optimal health optimal benefit for what it is that we are trying to do. Now, if we look at the weight loss side of life first, well, we see countless studies that say that we need to have a higher quotient of protein in order to aid in satiety and in order to aid in the regular, sorry, the maintenance of lean muscle mass in a calorie deficit. So that when we are in a calorie deficit and we are, you know, we're obviously eating less, consuming less energy than we are burning, that we are not then sacrificing muscle mass. By ensuring that we have adequate protein, that's ticking that box, making sure the muscle mass is still there, improving satiety, basically improving the food that we're eating, and then making it easier to maintain that calorie deficit. On the performance side, we're ensuring that we are recovering adequately, repairing and regenerating adequately. If we're doing lots of training, like Tony, for example, doing lots of running, especially in Scotland in winter, we are improving our immune system. We're ensuring that we're protecting ourselves from getting ill. We're protecting ourselves from degradation so that we know that we can continue to train at a high enough potency. Now, intensity, rather. Potency is a good word. Now, when we look at how much protein we need to get, well, this is where the range can kind of come in and be a little bit different. Generally speaking, for weight loss, if you are somewhere between 1.2, 1.4-ish grams per kilo of body weight of protein, you're in a good place. Again, generally speaking, for endurance, 1.2 to maybe 1.5, a slightly larger range, simply because you are doing more exercise. If we are doing more muscular damage, for example, lots of hypertrophy training, i.e. for lean muscle mass, muscle gain, then that's where we can look at a much higher portion of protein, i.e. looking up towards the 2 grams per kilo body weight mark. We don't necessarily need to go higher than that, because quite frankly, as you've probably found on your journeys, it can be quite difficult, without pumping yourself full of protein shakes, it can be quite difficult to get that amount of protein in. And quite frankly, when you see these adverts, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I certainly have, and they're definitely a lot more prevalent. The MyFitnessPal adverts, they're like, hey, this is how, and they're pulling out their t-shirts in their abs, they're like, this is how I live off, you know, 2.2 grams per kilo body weight of protein, or 190 grams, or 230 grams, I've seen a 230 gram. This person's the size of a shoebox yet they're eating 230 grams of protein, which is absolutely insane. And then when you look at what they're eating, I'm going off on a slight tangent here, but you look at what they're eating, and it's like, oh, I woke up in the morning and I had, you know, cream of rice. Who has cream of rice for breakfast? Psychopaths, that's who. You know, I have cream of rice with, with protein and protein chocolate and protein chocolate spread and protein this and this, that and the other. Oh, and then I'm going to have my protein shake. Then I'm going to have this protein bar. Then I'm going to have a protein shake. Then I'm going to have this maybe salmon and veg with no character flavor or, or anything good in that meal. 
And then I'm going to have this chicken meal. Then I'm going to have a protein shake, protein pudding, chocolate protein this, chocolate protein that. And you think, is that really how we want to live? Quite frankly, folks, I would hate to be that person's toilet. Because, let's be honest, that's not a sustainable way of really eating. So we need to make sure that we're just not... We don't need to overcook the protein mark. Now then, can we eat too much protein? No. Is the simple answer. You know, unless you are... I'm trying to think of an example now. Okay, let me... Maybe if you are very overweight and you are only eating just protein, then maybe you can have too much protein. Because look, there is an... To an extent a higher, much higher portion of protein, much higher than any of you are eating, much higher portion of protein can lead to stress on the kidneys. Now, I'm going to caveat that right now and say it's fine and usually completely harmless from what studies have shown unless you have a history or a um, vulnerability to kidney issues, some sort of kidney disease, kidney stones, whatever, any form of um, degenerative kidney issue. None of you have got that, to my knowledge, and I've asked you about injuries and stuff like that. So, to my knowledge, none of you have that, so we don't need to worry about that. So, if we're looking at trying to get like 180, 200 grams, whatever, of protein, and that fits our body mass and our body size and our exercise level, we just need to think of different ways of getting there. Because, look, we don't need to then just have protein shakes for days. Look, protein shakes are good. They're good, because they work. 30 grams of protein for the equivalent of what 150 calories less than that it's, that's it it's great in terms of monitoring your calorie intake your energy intake and getting maximum bang for your buck brilliant there isn't anything better there isn't there isn't anything better however there are things that are more nutritionally beneficial because we don't just eat protein we eat vitamins minerals carbs fats oils water and protein, obviously, and flavor. We eat flavor, right? Whether that's chicken breasts, whether that's eggs, whether that's tofu, whether that's lentils, whether that's beans, whether that's cottage cheese, whether that's milk, yogurt, beef, salmon, whatever it is, organ meat, whatever that is, you're getting protein from multiple different things. Now, look, here is the way that we can do it. First and foremost, we need to understand how many meals per day we're going to be eating because they're going to differ. If you don't want to eat breakfast, you're on a weight loss journey, you don't really want to eat breakfast because you're not hungry, then fine. You know, that's that's cool. Make your first meal like midday, 12 o'clock, whatever it is. You're technically then doing an intermittent fasting protocol, but that's cool. If you don't want to give it a name, I don't identify as IF, that's cool. But what you're doing there is cutting out the amount of calories that you can eat. Great, you're reducing your window of eating, which means that you need to be a bit more sensible with how you're then structuring your food. For example, if you are on a restricted window of eating, then we need to make sure that we are prioritizing protein in everything that we eat just to ensure that we get enough. Because if you're only eating eight hours a day, then there's a chance that you might not get enough protein. If you say have 40 grams for lunch and 40 grams for dinner, then guess what? You've still got like 100 grams maybe, depending on the amount that you've got to eat. You've still got 100 grams then to eat. I'm pretty sure everybody here is on at least... 110 plus grams of protein off from memory from what I've written for everybody so far at least that amount so what that means is we need to ensure that we're getting some more protein from somewhere else if we don't want to eat protein shakes that's cool we don't have to they're very useful but you don't have to we just need to make sure we're being sensible with high protein snacks around that 
whether that is a protein bar, whether that is having jerky or biltong, whether that is having tofu ready cooked off in the fridge. The best thing you can do, team, is set your fridge up for success so that you open your fridge and you're just greeted with this like heavenly glow of prepared foods that you know you're not going to waste because you're going to eat them because they're foods that you enjoy. And in there, you've maybe got some cottage cheese, maybe you've got some already boiled eggs, that so you've got some readily available protein. You've maybe got some cooked off chicken, some cooked off tofu, some fish, whatever it is. Seitan, you know, Tony, I know Tony's going through a bit of a seitan phase at the moment. You've got all that in there. It's ready. It's done. So that you've got the ability to go, oh, a bit of that, a bit of that, a bit of that, a bit of that. And you're making this insultingly healthy lunch that's based on plants and protein. You're in a flipping fantastic place. So the most you can, the, the more you can set yourself up for success in having things prepped, the less resistance you're going to have to actually eating the stuff, and then thinking, oh my god, I've got to cram it for dinner, and then you've got to have a dinner that's got a hundred grams of protein, which is pretty unpleasant, just because you haven't made your target for the day. So we just need to make sure we're setting ourselves up for success. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter how many protein shakes you have per day. It really doesn't. You could have four if you really wanted to, but. If it's going to help you get an extra 30 grams of protein in and you have it in the afternoon, good for you. You might have it for breakfast. Laura, for example, um, she's not in this course. She's going for a dog walk, actually. She'll have one for breakfast. Yes, we're on a little bit of a cut at the moment just to cut down some calories. That's cool. She's doing what she needs to do. But likes to eat post-gym in the morning because she does the gym in the morning. So bang a protein shake. Might even throw some oats in there just for a little bit of carbohydrate, a little bit of energy to make sure we're going. Or put some banana in there is usually a winner. And you're having a protein shake. If you're going to have another one in the evening, it really doesn't matter. It, it does not. It's just down to personal preference. If you stop, if you don't think as protein as a supplement, but rather as a food source, that's going to help reframe things. Now, what does that mean? Well, it is a food source because when we think of a supplement, we think of a white mysterious powder that is not cocaine. We think of creatine, for example. Creatine is a supplement. It is supplementary to what we are eating. But whey protein is just a byproduct of making cheese. It, it, it literally is. When you split curds and you split whey, the whey is the sort of liquidy bit. That then gets dried, basically dried down and powderized. And, and that's it. That's it. Yes, it's been processed, but it, it's technically a food source. So we don't need to be popping sups all the time because we're not a pharmacy. But having a protein shake every now and then, it really helps. But if you don't want to take it, that's cool. That really is cool. Do you drink dairy? That'll help. If you don't, that's cool. We need to find alternatives. If you're entirely plant-based, then we need to be looking at preparing beans, preparing legumes. We need to talk about having uh, things like quinoa cooked off. We need to make sure that we're getting protein pasta, for example. There is a protein pasta that's made out of red lentils. A little bit more expensive in Tesco's, but it is really good. Totally rate it. You know, it's not just loaded with whey. It's decent. It tastes good. It's about, unfortunately, it's about £2 a pack, which is different to... 70p but high in protein i'm pretty sure it had like 10 grams per 100 grams which is about the same as dairy yogurt which is decent um so again hugely beneficial there we're looking for alternatives we've got tofu we've got seitan we've got edamame we've got all these things we've got um uh what's the word i'm looking for meat substitutes if we're looking on a vegan base i'm not the i'm not the biggest fan of beyond meat through my own personal preference because i think it is ridiculously processed and it's not the sort of thing I would personally want to eat but if that's your game then cool it is still high in protein you know if you're looking for like protein chicken nuggets and stuff that's that's pea protein pea and rice usually protein which is essentially protein powder that's then turned into 
a uh, a harder like chicken like um, protein again we're getting more of that p word so we're building up a repertoire of how we can get it in the thing is we don't if we're trying to get lots of protein if you've got a pretty high target based on the goal that you're trying to achieve because we are either bulking you up or we are trying to and um, i'm going to come back to the word bulk because it's just triggered something else in my head because we are trying to build you up and we are trying to ensure that you are recovering from the exercise that you are that you are taking on well guess what we're going to need to find other ways of getting that in and you know that might not be 3 meals a day it might be 6 it might be having it might be having um, multiple smaller meals of a higher protein you know if you're going to have 6 meals a day and you've got um, 20 grams of protein, which is pretty easy to hit, by the way. You know, 20 grams of protein is pretty easy to hit. That's four four boiled eggs, for reference. Um, or it's um, is focusing on chicken breasts a bad thing? Uh, elaborate on that question, Charlie. While the delay is there and I'm thinking about it, come back to me with what you mean by that. Um, damn it, where was I? Yeah, so if you're going to have a larger amount of meals per day... And you have 20 grams, well, 20 times 6 is 120, quick maths, there we go. You know, that's 120 grams of protein. Amazing. You chuck a protein uh, protein shake on top of that, 150 grams. Amazing. Awesome. Um, okay, so we've got some questions, and I want to dive into them. This is good. I like questions. Thank you very much, team. Right, so, uh, Satan sounds interesting. Honestly, make it yourself. Don't bother, um, don't bother buying it. Get some vital wheat gluten, mix it with water, put some mixed herbs in there. If you want my advice, put some garlic powder in there, salt, pepper, and it'll taste like roast. It's banging. You basically, it's a bit of a process to make it. Um, Tony, might be worth, have you got a recipe you can share? If you've got a recipe you can share, Tony, get it in the group because that would be awesome. Uh, I'll be interested to see how you make it as well. And then I'll add mine onto the bottom of that recipe as well. I'll just add it in as a comment. Um, right, we've got a couple of other questions. Sorry, I've missed, I've lost the thing there. I've had the pasta, it's really good. Yeah, it's decent. It's decent. 100%. Focusing on chicken breasts. Okay, uh, is that protein amount of cooked weight? Good point, Charlie. I'll come on to that in a second. I can send you a good recipe. Nice one, Choni. You're straight on it. Beef versus chicken, is there any difference? Yes. Now, when we look at certain different proteins, let's look at the animal proteins that we can get. We can get like organ meat. We can get beef. We can get chicken. We can get pork. We can get uh, fish, most commonly, right? Lamb, everything else. When we look at red meats, red meats will tend to have, with the exception of like ostrich, sorry, vegan people, and venison, red meats tend to have a larger caloric value simply because they're a little bit more fatty. That's just the way the animal is. Chicken, very lean. Turkey, even leaner. So what that means is you're getting more protein per 100 grams. Because quite simply, if you've got a piece of steak that's 100 grams, and there's fat rinds and stuff in it, then not all of that, or sorry, less of that is going to be protein. Does that make sense? Whereas chicken, which doesn't have that much fat in it at all, it's only in the skin. If you take the skin off, you're getting maximum amount of protein per 100 grams. Turkey, you get even more. So I think uh, off memory, per 100 grams, chicken breast, you've got about uh, 30 grams of protein per 100 grams off the top of my head. Um, turkey, a little bit more, about 35, 40, something like that. But what you're doing is you're getting a larger bang for your buck. So is there really a difference? Yes, absolutely. Beef, things like that, uh, organ meats, I've got a much higher micronutrient um, value, so vitamins, minerals, there's lots of iron, um, lots of B vitamins and stuff like that. Chicken, 
less micronutrient intake, but equally it is less calories, more lean, still a decent amount of protein, slightly higher than beef. So yes, there's a few differences. It just depends on what you're trying to do. If you're looking to restrict calories, then it's worth reducing the amount of weekly red meat you have. And I say reduce weekly because I'm not saying eliminate it. It's very, very good. It's very nutrient dense. If you want to go for a higher protein quotient and a higher micronutrient quotient with red meats, then go organ meats. Things like beef liver. Beef liver is the most nutrient dense meat you can you can eat. Ox heart, things like that. I'm really sorry, vegan people. Sorry, Tony, apologies about this. You know, you're getting a higher protein value and a much higher micronutrient value. It's also dirt cheap and allowing you to bridge that gap. But yeah, throwing chicken in there, getting some cheap chicken, whatever, uh, freezer aisle, whatever it is, and you're going to get easy protein for easy money and for easy caloric gain. Uh, main one's vital wheat gluten. Prefer chicken breast to a protein shake. Is it all the same? Protein's protein, my friend. You're going to get more of a micronutrient. Uh, value from um, from chicken breast. So again, if you want to have, um, it might be worth just just double checking MyFitnessPal or NutriChex. Just have a look chicken breast um, of the specific chicken breast that you get. Check the protein per 100 grams. From memory, it's about 30 to ish grams. So again, if you're going to have a chicken breast instead of a protein shake, you go, you go, my friend, 100%. Is there a gluten-free version? Ha! <laughs> Sarah, do not touch uh, Satan. It's like absolute kryptonite to you. Absolute kryptonite. Um, yeah, do not do that. Um, Charlie, it looks like Tony's going to put a recipe uh, recipe in the group, which is amazing. I will put my recipe in there as well. Uh, I've got a banging seitan recipe. Um, I actually used to use... The thing about seitan is, as you're making it, you'll understand, you'll see it. If you keep kneading the texture, if you've got like a cake machine, like a, like a KitchenAid, um, something like that, and you keep the dough hook, and you keep beating it and beating it and beating it. It gets a more and more stringy. And we did uh, when I was to work as a chef. We did our version of a KFC, so like a healthier version of a KFC. It was banging. And um, so we did chicken bread, uh, chicken thighs for non-vegan, and then a vegan option was using seitan, and we um, kept it going with a dough hook, keep pushing it, pushing it, and pushing it, and then it gets more and more stringy which meant that you made perfect chicken nuggets or fried chicken because it looked like the consistency of chicken. It was banging. But Sarah, don't do it. <laughs> it's kryptonite to celiacs, 100%. Uh, right, so I think I've caught up with questions. Thank you all very much for those. They're fantastic. Look, we don't need to overcomplicate protein. You don't need to have protein in every meal. You can go out and have a croissant and not have to wash it down with a protein shake team. I wanna make that really clear because a lot of people will get stuck in that rut and be like, oh, I can't go to prep and get a croissant and a coffee on Saturday morning, which brings me loads of joy and happiness because it's not got protein in it. Don't, don't do that to yourself. What I want you to do is think about it. What's that question I'm always gonna get you to ask yourself? Is what I'm about to do, eat, whatever, insert verb here, congruent to the person that I'm trying to become. The person you're trying to become is not a protein psychopath. So we don't need to have protein in everything. But if you're going to sit down to a meal or a snack, can you prioritize protein? And when I say a meal, I'm talking like breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or if you're having six meals there, or however many meals you're having today, these are programmed meals. And then snacks, I'm talking like if you need a mid-afternoon snack, don't eat a croissant. Like, 
save that croissant for a time that you really want to enjoy it. That brings you joy and happiness. We don't really eat croissants that much, but Laura, we had some coffee and croissants this morning because it's her birthday. Did they have any protein in there? No, they had Nutella, actually, and it was phenomenal. Is that high protein? No. Does it need to be? Hell no. Because we want to enjoy our life. It's like with Sarah. I was talking Sarah through um, her race nutrition because she's got a half marathon on Sunday. Smash it, Sarah. You've got this. And, you know, we were talking through the intricacies of race day preparation. And we were looking at carbohydrate loading and the ins and outs of that. And, yes, we could have loaded her with potatoes. But in actuality, Haribo does a fantastic job. A fantastic job for carbohydrate loading. Let's not overcomplicate things. Same with protein. Let's not overcomplicate things. Let's make it so that we can sustain this. Let's make it so that you can go out and enjoy yourself at a weekend if you really want to and it brings you joy and happiness. Being mindful of the decisions that you're making. Dipping your croissant in a protein shake. I'd rather not have a croissant, to be honest. That sounds horrendous. I'd rather have it smothered in Nutella, to be quite honest. I did consider making a Nutella like drizzle but I didn't have enough time. Or enough Nutella, actually, for that matter. You know, it's what you want to do is you want to make your life livable, but you're trying to live it at a higher level. We're trying to live at a more congruent level to someone we're trying to become. I'm not here to tell you to just eat whatever you want. I'm not. I'm here to tell you to make the right decision, to make better choices, to get these net 1% to get these changes that we know we can implement and that we can bring to effect. And that does not mean becoming an Olympic athlete with our nutrition because we don't need to. We're living a life. You're going to celebrate birthdays. You're going to have, you know, you're going to celebrate race day. You're going to, you're going to, Claire, she's going to go for a run and go to a hipster coffee. She lives in Winchester. That's like Mecca for hipster coffee. And with a hipster coffee comes an almond croissant. Where's the protein in almonds? There aren't any. There isn't any. That was good English. There isn't any. If there is, it's very, very, very little. To the point where it's not even worth saying it's high protein. On that note, nut butters. Chef Ben cooking videos. I've considered that. My goodness, it takes a long time. It's really hard to put those you know, chef videos together. You know, we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. Now on that note, peanuts, peanut butter, anything nut-based is not a good protein source. I repeat, anything nut-based is not a good protein source. The internet is full of absolute clusters that say that protein, you, you know, high protein nuts. Eat peanut butter for nuts, uh, for, for nuts, you would. Eat peanut butter for protein. No, don't do it. That is not the right thing to do. Let's look at peanut butter. Let's go off on this tangent. Let's follow this rabbit hole, Ben. Love a rabbit hole. Nuts. High in fat, right? It's not a bad thing. It's just the way it is. High in fat. Good fat. Polyunsaturated fat. Monounsaturated fat. Fantastic. Bit of linoleic acid. Bit of omega-6. Touch of uh, omega-3. Really, really good. Do we need to eat loads of them? No. Why? Because one gram of fat has nine calories. 9 calories per gram. Protein and carbs, 4 calories per gram. That's over double the caloric density. This is why I talk about caloric density in food. Salad, very, very low caloric density. Big volume. Peanut butter, very, very high density. My hands are going the wrong way. Very, very high density, very, very low volume. 
because we need to make sure we understand what makes up the food we eat. If we actually look at the macronutrient breakdown of things like peanut butter, let's use peanut butter for example, then you've got number one for max volume, fat. There's much more fat in there than anything else. There's a touch of carbohydrates in there. And then guess what? The last bit, the least bit, is protein. So these complete idiots that say... Um, these complete idiots that say that protein comes from peanut butter are idiots. They, they are idiots. Couple of video, a uh, couple of questions here. We'd love some Chef Ben quick cooking videos to inspire us. Do them live. Oh, live's a good idea. Live's a good shape. My kitchen is not really the right shape for it, but I'll see if I can work it. If we can work it, then absolutely, I'm keen for a live one. We could do like a live cook fest, like a prep cooking session. Oh my god, we could do that. Some Haribo use gelatin. Uh, the majority of Haribo use gelatin. Um, you can get vegan ones, obviously. Um, vegan sweets are nice. I just find them a heck of a lot chewier because they use... Um... Oh, it's gone. Agar and xanthan to thicken them so it makes them a lot chewier. Uh, like, um, feels a lot dense, a lot harder to chew. That's the ins and outs of Haribo. There you go. You weren't expecting that. Um, but otherwise, yes, you can get vegan ones and non-vegan ones. Okay, team, any other questions at all? Have I banged the protein drum enough? Does that make sense? No, you can't eat too much protein. Yes, you want to get enough, but you don't want it to overflow your life. Please do enjoy life. Try and prioritize protein in your main meals throughout the day. And if you're going to have snacks throughout the day, if you're taking a snack for work, then... If you're taking snacks for work, then prioritize protein in those. If you're going out to have coffee and cake, don't prioritize protein. Go out and enjoy coffee and cake. Does that, does that give it a clear difference? I hope that makes sense. I want you to go and enjoy your life, but if you're going to take snacks for work, for example, like Laura, for example, she takes snacks to work, right? We've got some of those Eat Natural high protein bars. They're about 12 uh, grams of protein. It's like nuts and seeds and like delicious things. It's about 230 calories per bar. So a little steep, but um, a little steep uh, in calories. But that's cool. It's 12, 12 grams of protein, so it's going to be a little bit more satiating, but it still feels good. Calories, we can make an allowance for them in a day. It's fine. That's just the way they work. Now, if you're prioritizing protein in that and you're not having like a Fruisley bar, for example, which is 230, um, 230 calories, and there's like one gram of protein, because I checked the other day in Tesco's, then you're not doing yourself the biggest favor possible. You might as well try and prioritize protein with these snacks in work if you're simply getting them to break your day up. Just so that we're not filling your day and nutrition with potentially negative habits. But if you're going out for a bike ride and you want to go for coffee and cake, you don't need to prioritize protein. If you're going out on a Saturday morning and you want to have an almond croissant after a run or whatever with a piece of, with, with, a, with a coffee, not a piece of coffee, with a coffee, go ahead and do it. When you are doing that, just be mindful of the decisions you're making. Think clearly. Think laterally. Think, is this the thing that, is this, is this what I'm about to do? Is it congruent with the person I'm trying to become? That's what you've got to ask yourself. If you're going to have four croissants, then clearly the answer is no. If you're going to have one and really enjoy it because it's some nice time to have... Um, to, to have some have some time with yourself or with someone else, then fantastic. Okay, a couple of question, questions. I love that you're calling it Satan as well. Uh, that's amazing. I love I love spelling. 
Um, cook Satan, Tony. That'd be awesome. Uh, is there protein in wine? Sorry, Sarah, there is not. However, I re Sarah, I really enjoyed our chat last night. That was uh, yesterday. That was phenomenal. That was a really, 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 really good chat. Um, something I'm probably going to paraphrase without using examples of what we spoke about, uh, about how we give habits and snacks and sugary things or maybe alcohol, how we give them a job to do, how we give them a job uh, in our daily nutrition so that we are not just eliminating them and feeling bad about it, but rather we're going through a process of giving them something to do. When foods have something to do, when they have a function, they don't just sit in no man's land. Phenomenal chat. Really enjoyed that. I'm going to put that into a separate video. Presume all protein bars and service stations are terrible. No, grenade bars are really good, actually. Um, grenade bars were... I met the CEO of Grenades at a fitness conference once upon a time. Um, Al's a fantastic chap. Really, really nice. He is a multi-millionaire from Grenade because it's monumentally massive now. Like the sort of guy that would turn up to a conference in his helicopter just because he can, because he's a bit of a lad. Now, Grenade, basically, they started by creating the Grenade Bar, right? Well, in fact, they, they started by creating fat burners, but let's just, let's just burn over that for a second. Back in the time of the relatively early 2000s when, like, T-Bowl and Thermobol and things like that, fat-burning pills, which basically just had caffeine and taurine in it, um, were a thing. They're not a thing. Don't take them. When they were a thing and people believed them, that's where they made their money, unfortunately. But they moved from that and stopped discontinuing it, and then they went to grenade bars. The grenade bar was simply created as a healthier, high-protein, less-sugar version of a chocolate bar because they realized that people go to service stations and they grab a chocolate bar. What they could do, instead of grabbing a picnic or a dime or a boost or whatever it is, that whatever your, you know, whatever your poison is, you can grab a protein bar and you've got, I think they're 20 grams of protein per bar. So they're quite potent for the bar. Again, 230-ish calories per bar. So again, relatively steep in calories, but not, not the end of the world. High in protein, low in sugar. So again, pretty good for you. Yes, they have artificial sweeteners, but artificial sweeteners are harmless. Um, are harmless. Again, separate video for another day. But it answered the question. So again, and then they ended up investing quite heavily in where they put it in the shop because there's a lot of psychology about where you place certain foodstuffs in a service station to get maximum sales. And where you get maximum sales is right by the till. Because you don't want to go through the shop and look for something. You want to go straight to the till and then you go, oh, I'll have one of those as well. That's where they put all the reduced stuff right on the till. So they invested in putting everything on the till. And what that meant is that people would then pick up the bar. Made them successful, made multi-millions, fantastic work. But if you're in a petrol station and you're looking for something, first and foremost, first and foremost, say to yourself, do I need to eat anything? Don't just give in to blind temptation. Just turn around and say, listen, do I need to eat anything? If the answer is no, don't do it. Don't do it. If the answer is yes, be like, mm, what's the best thing I could get? Is that like, could I do, do I, could I get some fruit? They do sell fruit at service stations. Could I get a sandwich? Is there a sandwich? Whatever. Go to, a pro, get, go to the, uh, the, like the, the deli bit and get a protein pot. Marks and Spencer, for example, there's like the little eggs and whatever's uh, really, really nice falafel, things like that. Could I get a protein bar? Yeah, they'd be fine. I'd go for a grenade one or a fulfill. Fulfill bars are pretty nice. Again, they're pretty high in protein. Uh, they're decent. Fulfill and protein. Uh, sorry, fulfill and grenade are pretty good. Maybe we should do a shared post in the group of best 
protein bars. Uh, that gives me an idea to do something, so I'll do something on that. Um, but I hope that answers your question. But no, not all protein bars and service stations are terrible at all. Um, in fact, very little protein bars are terrible. I just look at the pack, uh, see how much sugar's in there. You want less sugar, high protein, the end. Um, yeah, but things like grenade are fine. Any other questions? What I'm gonna do, folks, is I'm gonna give 60 seconds after saying any other questions, because I know there's a bit of a delay between me talking um, and you then, I can then see the comments. So, are there any other questions? If I don't see any more in the next 60 seconds, we will close off the call. But thank you all very much for your questions. Thank you all very much for your attention. Um, I hope that it's gonna be easier for everybody to um, absorb this information and have it readily available through Facebook. Obviously, then the, the video you can watch back. This will still be extracted onto podcast. Is all fruit good for you? Pretty much, yeah. I think is the, is the right answer there. You know, at the end of the day, most people that, sorry, there are some people on Instagram who will say fruit is bad for you. Carnivore MD and other complete and utter morons like that, uh, that will say fruit is bad. Fruit makes you fat, man, because of fructose, fruit sugar. No, wrong. It's about energy intake. Again, if your snacking habits goes from a dime bar to a banana, you are making a better choice. Do you know what I mean? Are you going to be eating 20 pieces of fruit a day? Probably not. If you're going to get five a day, amazing. Sarah Staples, second Sarah. You've been on a journey last week to have 35 different plants in a week just to try and get a bit more variety. How was that? Phenomenal. Loads of great feedback from that. That's eating more fruit, more nuts, more veg, whatever, things from plants. Is all fruit good for you? Yeah. Because you're not going to be eating stupid amounts of it. You're not going to eat an entire watermelon per day. You will be fine. Yes. Cool. Any other questions? Does that answer any questions? I'm passionate today. I've had a cookie. I've had a coffee earlier. I had like a... Oh, no, I didn't have a coffee at all. I had um, green tea with ramen. So I'm buzzing. Ready to rock and roll. So any other questions, team? I'll give you another 30 seconds. Um, thank you very much for those questions. Really, really appreciate it. I hope... Uh, that you've got something from it. In fact, while we're waiting for questions, do me one final favour, folks. Just jump on into the comments right now and tell me what your biggest takeaway from this call was. I've got five of you viewing, so I want five comments. Just do me this quick favour. Tell me what your biggest takeaway was because this is going to help people then see all those comments when they look to review it later on in the Facebook group. So I'm going to give you a few seconds to do that. Tell me what your biggest takeaway is from this call and then we will end it there, team. I'm going to give you a little bit of time. I'm just going to double check to make sure I've not missed any questions. I don't think I have. I'd love to hear more on the group about their experiences. It's the last few seconds, folks, just to make sure I've not missed any questions. Sarah, doesn't have to be complicated, 100%. Charlie, I would love to hear more from the group about their experiences, Sarah's veg, etc. post it in the group, or the Gripo. Yes, 100%. Biggest takeaways, team, come on. I'm not talking to a wall. Let's get involved, get involved, get involved. The more you get, as I sell to everybody in this process, the more you put into it, the more you will get out of it. I really need to focus on food, no idea how much protein I should eat, do eat. Charlie, I'm going to challenge you there and say you know exactly 
how much protein you need to eat because it's in your strategy, my friend. So look in that strategy. You can't give me questions like that, my friend. It's there. All the details are there, man. Look through the details. Have a look. If you're tracking, track it. If you're not tracking, understand what that protein content looks like. Use an app and say, look, protein. if I'm having chicken breast, how much protein's in a chicken breast? Have that cognitive understanding first. But you do know how much you need to eat because it's there. I've given it to you. We've spoken about it. It's there. Just look through the details, follow it, implement, get it done. Protein is protein. Keep it simple. 100%. Experiment more with plant-based protein. Yeah, absolutely. My bias to plant-based protein is I think there are some plant-based protein sources that are just, in my opinion, this is, this is entirely my opinion, are just a bit too processed for me to want to put them in my body. I'm not keen on the beyond meat. I'm not keen on the fake meat side of life, you know, where they're actually trying to artificially synthesize meat. Not a fan on that side. It just seems... It just seems too processed for me. I think tofu and maybe like seitan and like soy protein like bites and stuff, for me personally, is my limit. But, you know, go nuts, 100%. Double check, understand... Um, self-implement and then see what you think see what you enjoy to eat note to self to get into my plan Charlie I want to see it done tomorrow morning I want you to send me a message to say you've opened your plan you know what your protein targets are you are implementing that and getting it done every single time we do that we go it's okay to have two protein shakes a day yeah 100% I have two a day personally I'll have one in the morning because um, I have like protein peanut butter oats bit of honey uh, frozen banana in a shake and then in the afternoon I have one post-training uh, just because it's easier. I've had bad experiences with tofu, need convincing. Right, quick recipe for tofu. If you need convincing, get a firm tofu block. There's a company in, to in Tesco's, probably somewhere else as well, called Tofu, T-O-F-O-O. -O. Get the firm tofu block, cut the pack open, and then it's there. Drain, obviously drain the water away. Cut it into like two centimeter by two centimeter cubes. Sarah, you'll love this. Sriracha incoming. Stand by. Cut it into two centimeter by two centimeter cubes. Get a pan. Put a bit of olive oil in that pan or coconut oil. Really doesn't matter. Olive oil, in my opinion, is better because it's got a higher smoke point. It's not going to burn quickly. Get the pan hot. Put the tofu in the pan. Brown it on all sides. Takes about three or four minutes. Brown it on all sides. You will need an extractor on for the next thing. Turn your extractor on full to the max because this gets smoky. Get about two tablespoons if you're using an entire block of tofu get two tablespoons or a good solid glug of soy sauce chuck it straight in the pan it's going to be really hot it's going to go mental it's going to smoke it's going to go it's going to go crazy right i tend to hold the pan up by the extractor a little bit let it just keep it moving let that soy sauce then caramelize and then what you have is crispy tofu with caramelized soy glaze tastes just like twiglets if you don't like twiglets, you need to leave the group now. Because I love twiglets. But it tastes just like twiglets. And then, much to Sarah's delight, if you get a little bit of light mayonnaise and drizzle it over the top, and you get some sriracha and drizzle it over the top, what you have there is absolute crack. It's delicious. So if you try that, and then tell me you still need convincing on tofu, then I might need to dig a bit deeper into my tofu recipe folder. But that is an absolute winner for me, who needs for people who need convincing to tofu try it out. Uh, good recipes to make it tasty. Yeah, 100%. I might bring, we had a recipe thread 
couple of weeks ago. Now, in fact, a couple of months ago now. So I might just tag everyone back in that to bring it back to the top of the page. Um, and then we can start utilizing that a little bit more. All right, team. That was phenomenal. Right. Thank you very much. We've got key takeaways. Love it. Thank you very much. We've got questions. Amazing. Love it. Thank you very much. Um, I hope you've all enjoyed this call. It's been a pleasure to have all of your attention. And listen, team, we go onwards. Information without implementation is useless. What do you need to implement from this call? I want you to get a piece of paper and I want you to write it down as soon as this call is over. Write it down. Put it on a bloody post-it note if you need to. And implement that bit of information. There's a term, it's a bit crude, but it's a fantastic term of just absorbing information, writing notes, and generally not going anywhere. A term called mental masturbation, which is essentially where you're just utilizing information. You know, if I just read these books and not put them anywhere, great. Where's that getting me? Armchair. Awesome. Armchair professional. Brilliant. Armchair expert. Brilliant. It's not really helping. Get the information. Take one to three, no more than that, one to three key takeaways. Write them down and implement them tomorrow. And do it. And actually do it. Because the more you do it, the more you'll get out of this process. That's as far as I can handhold you to the line. I am leading you to water, but I can't force you to drink. This is the part where you drink. All right, team? So, thank you all very much. We're going to end it there. Peace be with you. Uh, enjoy your evenings. Enjoy into Friday. I'm going to check in with everybody on Friday just to make sure they're all good for the weekend ahead. Uh, we've got a big week next week. We're going to be into uh, a fitness topic for next week, which is going to be fantastic. So I'm really, really looking forward to uh, seeing you all there again. Again, Tuesdays will be on uh, Facebook Live again, but I will put a post out about that very shortly. But again, team, enjoy. Thank you all very much. Thank you for your attention. See you next time, team. Peace.